Hello and welcome to another intimate episode of Bullet Points, the critical podcast all about shooting video games um, and shooting at video games. That joke never gets old, I'm sure. Um, nope. My name is Patrick Lindsay. I'm going to be standing in as your fiendish host for this ghoulish episode. Um, I am joined by the uh, the eerie and macabre Reed Macabre. Uh, yeah. I don't yeah. know. That literally, I came up with that as I was saying it. So, no, that's good. We have to we have to uh, have a few trial runs before yeah. Halloween episode. Exactly. And you know yeah. what? What better time than May fifteenth? <laughs> yeah. The uh, yeah the poor they call it the poor man's Halloween. Yeah. The the actually. second Halloween. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Um, today, uh, th- it's just going to be the two of us because uh, we're, we're keeping intimate NPR sort of tiny desk concert style. Uh, we yeah, are, that's right. We are talking about Sorath's Devil Daggers, uh, the game from 2016, last year this came out? Yeah, that's yeah, the right. The developer, as we said, is Sorath. Um, I believe this is the first and only game from said developer. Um Devil Daggers is a arena style first person hand thing. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, you're in an arena. There are lots of scary skeletons that you shoot at, and you just keep doing that until you die. Um, I will yeah. throw to Reed to say, first of all, what did you think of this game? And also, maybe you can help give us a little bit better of an overview, um, since you have, I think, spent more time with it than I have. Uh, so tell us a little bit about Devil Daggers, Reed. Um, Devil Daggers. I think. Well, I think you're right. It's it's an arena game. I mean, it starts and it says Devil Daggers, and you're a hand. That's all you are. All you see is a hand, and then there's this floating dagger in the darkness. Mm-hmm. You go and you pick it up, and then all hell breaks loose. Yeah, all hell breaks loose, and you just have to try to survive for as long as possible. Um, which, shit, before we did this, I should have looked up like what some of the longest times are to make it clearer. But I've seen like eight-minute-long runs. Yeah, and I'm... and that's like you are very very good at this game. Like it's... seriously, get a job, you nerd. <laughs> do do something else. Maybe I don't know. Maybe they. I don't know, maybe they just play it between advising the president <laughs> on, <laughs> on serious matters. Yes. Um, maybe that would explain some of the influence of what's going on in your country. Could, country. it could, it could. How's that? How's that for your political commentary? How's that for a political cartoon right there? Keep your politics out of my <laughs> devil bag. That's right. Um, so in this game, you play as uh, President Donald Trump. Um, and you shoot things. You shoot these devil daggers. They mm-hmm. just kind of look like I don't know. They're fast. They come up fast. They, they look, look like, like shotgun shells almost. Yeah, and uh, you're you're in this small arena that if you step off the side, you die. And these monsters, these sort of floating bone things, start you know vomiting out skulls that bounce around and. You have to shoot them, and the longer you can survive, um, the more monsters you'll see. It's very straightforward, even though describing it that way makes it sound different than it is. <laughs> I think the big thing is that anything touches you, you die. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you fall off the side, you die. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a game where, in in a single hit, nothing is. It's it's very simple. Uh, it's... Sometimes red gems fall out of enemies, and you pick those up, and you can 
upgrade your and by upgrade it just happens automatically your mm -hmm. your devil daggers become stronger um yeah and it, it's just a very simple thing it, it kind of feels like doom or quake in a tiny square let's not get hasty uh, all right okay so uh, what i will I, say to, to start yeah. off i will make as neutral a comment as i think i can and i say that this is a game okay. that i think kind of defies easy classification um, mm -hmm. because it is ostensibly a first-person shooter in that it takes place from the first-person perspective and the primary slash only action that you as a player can take is to shoot things. However, yeah. its genre, if you had to give it one, is really that genre that sprung up maybe over the past 10 years of just, quote, really hard games in the vein of, like, Super Meat Boy or Binding of Isaac or a game by a different developer. <laughs> um, uh, I'll say, like, Dark Souls games Flappy that are... Bird. Sorry? Flappy Bird. Yeah, Flappy Bird. No, oh, I, you're fired. Well, it, it is. these. You know, it's kind of that, like, mobile game-inspired mm -hmm. pick-up and, and play for, you know, you can play it for as long as you want. You can have a good time with it in five minutes. Yeah, the average the average run in Devil Daggers is going to be about 45 seconds uh, for the average player. Mm, that might be a little high, too. Yes. Or I'm far below the average player. I mean, I don't want to brag, but I passed your score the first night I played the game, so... Did you? I did, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that. I was uh, looking at that leaderboard thing, and I was thinking, boy, I'm a scrub. I'm a scrub. I don't like playing with the mouse. Mm -hmm. I'm bad at it. Now, this, um, this is a game that I think has received quite a lot of critical acclaim since its release, mm -hmm. um, which is odd because there's a lot that I really don't like about it. Yeah, so I, I was just going to say, so we kind of you know follow the loose structure here. Uh, I like this game, and I'll get into more of that later, but mm -hmm. Patrick, you don't like it. And I don't. I'm that's curious right. to hear your, your opening salvo. I don't think that it is across the board a bad game. I think that there's a lot that is very clever about it. I think that there's also a lot that just rubs me the wrong way, um, and that nets out to a game that I would just rather not play. Um, First, I guess I'll start with the things, just to prove I'm arguing in good faith, I'll start with the things I think it does well. Um, I think it's it does a lot to convey information with very little on the screen. Um, mm -hmm. there's, no, there's no text in the game at all, aside from just the menu, like start, game, whatever. Um, you just start, and you're, as you said, you're in front of the, the eponymous, assumingly, eponymous dagger. You pick it up, things start happening. Um, you have two kind of fire modes. Um, there's like a rapid fire machine gun sort of thing, and then you can do like a bursty shotgunny sort of thing. But it's the same button. It is. It's you can either hold important. down or, or click. Um, yeah. And I thought that was really clever. The entire game is designed to be obviously played very quickly. Um, so you don't have to worry about switching weapons or whatever. It's all literally at your fingertips. Um, it uses sound very well. It's a game where you will 99% of the time die because you have found yourself surrounded and you just can't get out. And because the arena is very dark, sound is your primary way of navigating and staying alive. So enemies all make very specific sounds and it's all very you, directional. What did you think about those sounds? Um, well, that feeds into my criticism of the game's sort of aesthetic design, which I think, spoilers, is bad. Um, 
I appreciate the system that they use. I just don't think the execution is my favorite. Okay. Um, yeah, we should get into this because I think that's probably going to be the crux of a lot of what we talk about because to me that's that's what sells this game. That's what makes it work mm-hmm. uh, is the way it looks and sounds. Right. So, Tell me about that. What, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess we had a preview of this. You said something on Twitter about how you thought it was... Yeah, a needlessly ugly game. Yeah, I think ugly is a good word for it. Um, not in that the art is bad or anything. The art is actually quite good. I just think that the choice of visual style is not really that evocative. It's all gray and black and brown, um, and which would be fine. Like if you think about, I was talking about this with my girlfriend. If you think about a movie like The Blair Witch Project, right? That, yeah. Um, that's all very low-key aesthetically, but there's... It, the, the movie is building to a pretty big climax, both visually and, you know, thematically. Um, so it's okay that you spend most of it in a pretty monochromatic environment because there's a payoff, but I don't feel like this game does that. You never find any new weapons, you never enter any new environments. Um, the arena itself never changes, it just grows more hectic. Um, so for me, that wasn't, there's, there's not enough here for me to feel like I want to justify the hours and hours and hours of my time getting better at this game, just so I can look at the Serena for another five seconds. Um, yeah. So (laughs) it's, like I said, I, I have the, kind of like the opposite, I think, viewpoint almost entirely on this. Excellent. I, I love that it's contained and that it's this space where the darkness of it there's nothing to see other than sort of what's immediately in front of you and then when the enemies come out pretty much the only color that that you see I mean your hand kind of glows a little orangish and the enemies will glow like kind of orange or sometimes I think that spider one gets a little bit green and stuff but yep. um, it's, it's use of color to me is very like it feels like you're in some I don't know some nightmare hellscape you know kilometers and kilometers underneath the earth uh it it feels like you're in some little portal of hell that's Mm -hmm. contained and dark and unknowable and there's no sense that you're gonna win um which i think is fantastic for what this thing is It's it's just like this this little nightmare that you poke at um and and try to do better at surviving i mean for me like even I, I love the way this game feels and everything. Um, I think I think the movement is really precise, and I like that the enemies um, and you are just projectiles. So you're just kind of it, it almost reminds me of the Doom stuff when there's you know a blast of laser coming at you or fireball, and you're shooting your own uh, projectile back at them and trying to dodge in between things. Um, but that stuff to me is less interesting than just the the kind of like nightmare of this game the mm-hmm. idea that you are stuck in this place and the enemies are making this the only there's no music as well which i think is a big thing all you really hear are these it almost sounds like deep underwater sounds mm-hmm. um, it's kind of like gurgling and uh kind of like groaning and everything it's all really distorted and the enemies the the bone enemies kind of sound like it sounds like something dental is happening yeah, you know? <laughs> like, yeah definitely like, 
kind of sounds like you're having a tooth removed, like that sound you can hear in your head. And it's just, you know, it is, I think, unpleasant. It's, um, it's, it's kind of upsetting, but not enough that it pushes you entirely away from, from being okay with spending a decent amount of time doing things in it, if that makes sense. Um, I don't know, but also, you know, the caveat here is that I find, you know, <laughs> I don't know if I'm, like, sick in the head or something, I, I find, like, hell stuff. Are you really gonna, about to tell me that, like, you dissect puppies in your free time, or... No, I love <laughs> puppies, <laughs> and I love kitties. All right. I hate Excellent. snakes. Well, um, who doesn't, really? But I don't know. I've always been fascinated by that stuff. You know, I've I've always been fascinated by uh, paintings of, like, of hell and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, like, I don't know. There's just something really immediate that is frightening and compelling mm-hmm. about that kind of thing. Um and this game to me, it's it's so simple and so few component parts, and it uh, I don't know, it, it works really well on that sense for me. But like, I do understand what you mean. It is, I think, in some ways, intentionally ugly. Like, um, I, I read something that the the creators of this game tried to look at the kind of things that people back with you know PlayStation and Nintendo sixty four games would say are graphical faults. You know the the way a polygon might be jagged instead of straight or curved, mm-hmm. rather. Um, and they, I think the the way the game and all the the graphics for this are made is by essentially putting all those faults into it and making you know the entire visual style based around what we consider ugly. Strangely, games. that did not bother me. Um, it wasn't. No. Yeah, it wasn't the choice of resolution or the the art style that I didn't like. It was just that for a game that is populated entirely by kind of fantastical, hellish creatures, mm-hmm. to pass up an opportunity to go balls to the wall with your visual design seems like a missed opportunity to me. So what kind of... Because I think I understand what didn't work for you, but uh, maybe like a useful thing is what if you were the art director or... Mm-hmm you know, whatever for this game. What would you have wanted? Color. Yeah. Um, even even just like a skybox, because the arena itself is one thing, but then outside of that, everything is just straight black, which yeah. I get fits really well with the aesthetic and the whole idea that you are essentially in hell. But when that composes about two-thirds of the screen, it's... Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, no, I know what you mean with that. And like uh, the th- the thing is I know that they're not bad artists because there are some really striking visual things that this game does. Um for example, the enemies that take multiple hits, which I think is most of them, the more damage you do to them, the more they'll kind of glow almost as though they are lit from within. And it's a really cool-looking effect, and it's also yeah. really useful because it does a great job of demonstrating how much you've damaged an enemy. I really like that. Or when you when you level up, the screen does this sort of like flashy, uh, like rave colored thing, and it's it feels like you know opening a birthday present because it's very brightly lit and just kind of like this blast of pow, like you accomplished a thing. Yeah. So I know that they're capable of expanding outside of the monochrome, and that they, it says to me that they just chose not to, which is their prerogative as the developer, but. It, 
it didn't work with me. So you would probably prefer like Iron Maiden album cover to yeah, like Doom Norwegian black metal. Yes, album cover. <laughs> I think that is a great a great way to put it. Yeah, you want something that's give me Eddie any day. Yeah, because I I think this thing is there as kind of creepy and, and nightmarish as I think it is. There is a sense of some sense of playfulness to me in in the kind of like I don't know that's part of the attraction to me with you know the kind of satanic look of stuff like Doom and everything too is you have to be almost a tiny bit tongue in cheek. Oh yeah, of um, course. Or maybe that's just a uh, you know a player reaction thing too. Like when you have all these skulls bouncing toward you, it's it is unnerving the sounds they make and and the the whole impression of everything. But they're also you know skulls. Bouncing yeah. This, at the same time, they could almost be those like teeth chattering novelty skulls that <laughs> yeah. you see at like a Spencer Gifts. Yeah, but but yeah, this game doesn't lean into that a lot. Yeah. Okay, I do. I do. I think understand then where you're coming from with that, and I don't know if that comes down to the thing which becomes the least interesting thing to kind of butt heads about, uh, just personal taste, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that I fully recognize that a lot of my own criticisms stem from my own preferences, which is why I don't say that Devil Daggers is a bad game. I say it's a game that I don't like very much. Yeah. Um. So one thing though is. You know, we were trying to think of something. We had to, you know, we wanted to play something that was relatively quick so we could get this episode together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, Devil Daggers had kind of been on the back burner for me for a long time as something I wanted to get you guys to play. Um, and I thought, especially you, I thought would be super into this game just from the sort of the the shooting mechanics of it, the design of, of uh, to me, there's so much doom in it, and there's so there much is. quake, quake there in is. it, and just the, the speed, and you know, the rocket jumping, and just um, I don't know, it's just a bunch of things flying around this little arena, and it's very pure and distilled. It's like a single room of a deathmatch, you know, an old PC deathmatch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that stuff would maybe. I don't know. Patrick, it definitely, do I... it, it definitely does to an extent. Um, I really, there are a lot of very smart design choices. Like for example, the way that you score points is just by surviving for a long period of time, not by killing enemies. So in a lot of cases, it's actually better to avoid enemies for the sake of getting a couple extra seconds than it is to try and like dive into a, a cloud of skulls to get that extra point. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the enemies, as you said, they'll drop these gems, and that's how you level up. Um, but the gems don't you you don't collect them automatically unless you aren't shooting, so you can't yeah. just run around the map with the trigger held down. Um, so there's a lot of really small things that you might not even notice at first, but that contribute to the the sort of mood that the game elicits. It's very frantic, but in a calculated way. So yeah. I do I do like that. What I don't like is so I I've described this game before as a demo to a game that's going to be really good. Um, And what I mean by that is, Reed, you said that it's very pure and very distilled. I think that in some ways it is too pure. It's the difference between drinking a really nice uh, like vodka cocktail, maybe a Moscow Mule with like one or two components, 
mm-hmm. and just drinking a glass of vodka. Yeah, I'd rather just have the vodka. <laughs> just... <laughs> That's uh, but I have Polish in law. Yeah, so fair maybe enough. That, fair maybe enough, yeah. that has something to do with it. Um. Yeah, and you said that, and that's really interesting because I hadn't thought of this game outside of the terms of just what it is. You know, mm-hmm. that it is this thing where uh, it's something I feel like I've played a lot of, and I think my playtime on Steam is like an hour or something wow. like that. For this game, yeah. that is an eternity. No, I know, but it's 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 one of those games where you know it reminds me of things like uh, like Downwell is like that too. Mm-hmm. Where yep, it's just something that. You fire up, you can play it for 10 minutes at a time and feel like you just, you know, sat down and played most other, uh, I don't know, most other big budget games now. You feel like you just played like three hours of it in 10 minutes. Um, Yeah, and I never really thought about what would this game be. And I think you, the fundamentals are so good that you could do other things with it. You know, you could branch this thing out into a uh, sort of a Doom or Quake style. I think just sort of simple, navigate this level. But I don't know if I would want that. I I I, th- I, I think the how... people for whom this game was made wouldn't want that. Yeah, and that's fine. Um, I I don't know. I think that for a game as blaringly difficult as this one is. Um, being a player who generally is not very good at video games, it's frustrating to kind of work my way, spend an hour working my way through a game to get good enough at it to continue to be frustrated by how hard it gets later. Yeah. Um, it's and very, it's, it's, it is solely intrinsically motivating, but if you aren't intrinsically motivated by overcoming serious difficulty, then that's obviously not going to really work for you. Well, yeah, and that's a, a big thing about challenge. You know, I, I obviously you're better at this game than I am. Um, and I wouldn't consider... <laughs> I think a lot of people who write about games are not the best at playing games because mm-hmm. you, play, you play more stuff, right? So you're mm-hmm. not... I don't know. It's, it's pretty rare that there's a game that I want to just play constantly. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I'm not that kind of person anyway, like, just because there's so much stuff out there that I want to experience that I bounce from thing to thing um uh but yeah for me this this game almost functions as you know it's it's just sort of a mood piece um yeah it, it reminds me of there's this game called uh Fishbones have you heard of this? I have not it's by <laughs> this is terrible I think his last name is Millet the French designer Okay. I think he's done a handful of stuff. He did. I think he did that uh, Moo Cartographer. If you heard of that one. Nope. Okay, but Fishbones is just this game where uh, all it is really is you're kind of it, it's same thing, kind of like a <clears throat> lo-fi, uh, not monochromatic, but you know, single, built on one or two colors, contrasting colors, and you're just kind of going deeper. It's in first person, and you're just kind of going down this abyss sort of um, and and things pass you by giant sort of sea monsters I would say and it communicates this enormous sense of dread and <clears throat> uh, it communicates a lot with same kind of thing of just sort of groaning noises and mm-hmm. and these 
um, not super detailed shapes moving past you, and you can't quite tell what's going on, except mm -hmm. in this game, nothing's trying to actively kill you, if I remember right. Uh, you can look back up and, and kind of see that you're deeper and deeper into this <clears throat> into this water or whatever it is. And this game, to me, the challenge is the only reason I want to get better at it is because I want to see more of, of what it's going to show me. Um, mm. I have almost no interest in getting better at it just to put up a better score on the leaderboard or or anything right. like that. It's right. it's um it, it's like the Dark Souls games and Bloodborne and stuff. I I think the challenge is a huge part of why those games work the way they do, but also I am a person who finishes those games and mm -hmm. will if I go back to play it, I'm not going, you know, new game plus and trying to make a perfect character to fight other people with and everything. I just want to see everything again. Right, exactly. Um, so then I guess it comes down to, you know, does that work for you or not? Like, does what it's showing you uh, resound with you or not? Mm -hmm. And for you, it doesn't. No, not not so much. I can I can appreciate what they're doing, but it's not my cup of uh, devil daggers. Not your cup of bone blood. No, precisely. Um, let's talk a little bit about learning curves. Because I feel like that is kind of like the yeah. main axis on which this game revolves is it's obviously a very hard game, so I think for me anyway, the question then becomes how good at it how good is it at sort of easing you into its difficulty? Um, or are you just kind of throwing your head up against the wall until something clicks or you crack the wall enough that you can push through? And what maybe it's be I found the latter in my case because even even though I was posting better scores, I would pretty consistently get to a point where I would die almost at the exact same spot. Almost immediately hmm. after I reached level two, I like the screen just became so cluttered that there's just I just couldn't handle it and I would die. Um, I don't know what what's your experience with this game, Ben? I um, I was very impressed by how much it communicates like you were saying before the learning curve to me was almost just a process of discovery mm -hmm. um, of realizing because when you first start this game you just die in half almost instantly yeah yeah you see you you're thinking well where am i and then you see the shape and you walk toward it naturally and then a skull touches you and you die um and then you start figuring things out you figure out that you can jump which is one thing you figure out that you can click the button instead of holding it down. You figure out that to get the gems, you can let go of the button and they come to you. And, you know, you start looking for all these different things. And I think it has this really, I think, really impressive kind of masterful understanding of what it is and how, how to communicate that without, I don't know, without having to show you prompts. Mm -hmm. having to yeah, show you things. There are there's zero text in this game, which I do appreciate. Yeah. And I think that's rewarding. And I think it's, you know, it, it falls in that vein of like a Meat Boy or something where you die and you start again so quickly that right. you just want to keep trying if you feel like I don't know, until you feel completely overwhelmed. It sounds like you and I are the same at a certain point. It's just, who cares? Right, I'm not making any progress here, so... 
And I will say for this game that because death is such a non-issue in that it happens all the time and is not really that punishing, um, you could argue that it doesn't super matter that the game is more or less impossible for humans to play because you can jump into a new game almost as quickly as you die. Um, yeah. So it encourages a trial and error sort of thing that a lot of people who play these games tend to like. Yeah, and I mean, I, I kind of like that. I'm I'm okay with a game being sort of mean, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't think this game gets too mean until, you know, I, I don't think you run up into a wall until, until you've kind of come to a point where you feel like you have the tools you need to overcome that if you want to. Um, right. There, there is a lot when you're starting to figure out how to do things and you're trying to think of, you know, sort of little tactics you can do, um, whether you should take out the those weird bone towers that, that make the monsters or something. It, mm-hmm. You try to decide, are you going to take those out first so less monsters are coming in, or are you going to try to, like, clear away these waves that are chasing you? Right. Um, and it sounds like such a simple thing, and it is a simple thing, but I, I don't know. I kept... When I play this for you know that ten minutes at a time or whatever, I feel like I'm trying new things. I don't feel like I'm just sort of ramming my head against the wall. Mm. Um, but then again, I'm not as good as you, Patrick, so I don't get to that point. Don't you? Where... Don't you forget it? <laughs> that's, that's right. You become the new bullet points master. Because... I'm I'm using this as an excuse to promote myself to president of bullet points because <laughs> so far I have the highest posted score on Devil Daggers. Whoa. Whoa! I know. We're yeah. gonna have that fat cash rolling in soon from the, uh, <laughs> the Pentagon. Be... No, that's that's exactly who it's coming from. <laughs> We're just a, a mess when it's, <laughs> it's just this is why we, to... we need an adult. That's right. Um, yeah, but I I don't know. I I I think the the challenge aspect of it is is fine. This isn't, you know, I, I don't want to start. We'll keep this one probably shorter because I don't want us to just repeat ourselves over and over. But to me, this game unfolds itself to a certain point. You know, difficulty-wise, it keeps it, it kind of the difficulty almost feels like it stays constant um, as you're learning new things. And at a certain point, I, it does start to ramp up once you have everything you need, uh, and then it's up to you whether or not you want to keep going. Mm-hmm. You know? Whether you well, want to be the person who can whip your mouse around really quick and jump between, right? You know, a wave of skulls. Because it's it's a unique, well, not unique, but it's an uncommon game in that you start the game with everything that you will ever have in it. Um, you don't yeah. find a new weapon or a health upgrade or whatever. It's just whatever you've got at the beginning. You've got to make do with that. Um, I. Which yeah. I yeah. Mean, I, I like, I like it as well. I, I like it too from a difficulty perspective. Um, but again, it's just I'm I'm used to, I guess, artificial progression, uh, having things to work for, um, and in a game that is so difficult that it kind of unwittingly discourages me from playing it on the, on the basis of that alone. For that to be all is it's hard for me to sink my teeth into. Yeah, uh, and I think that kind of brings up one of the points to. Uh, I think, especially in video games, there's a strange desire to kind of have things one way or the other and right. and say one way is best for a long time and then say, no, the 
the other way is better, actually. Um, you know, people, I think, now pine a lot for older shooters. You know, mm-hmm. they say things were better when the characters were faster and when you had these projectile uh, guns and enemies shooting projectiles instead of, you know, the Call of Duty kind of... Reed, it turns out realism is bad. Well, but the thing is, I, I don't think any of it's that simple. You know, I love Doom. Mm-hmm. And I love Call of Duty. I love Call of Duty. I love some of them. Um, and I think both are equally valid choices for how to design things. But there is that thing, though, about the kind of drip feed uh, of artificial progression. You know, here's a new gun. Here's a, a thing that you're going to install in a menu that's going to make your health bar bigger. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know. I, I think this game shows that maybe that stuff is and isn't more important than it is or than it seems like, you know? Well, it's like with anything. Um, not every film has to be uh, a magnum opus of a character study. Um, right, yeah. Not every horror movie has to be like a grindhouse film, for example. Um, can you tell I don't watch a lot of horror, by the way? <laughs> And I, I think that part of my problem, anyway, with with the game is that I'm so used to us discussing games unilaterally, comparing sometimes apples yeah. to, to sweet potatoes. Um, so I, I look at a game like this and say, well, this is not the type of game that I typically play, or it doesn't give me the things that I normally play games to get, which is where a lot of my contention is coming from. Yeah, and I get that, you know. If I I think sometimes uh, about the way games are made, and if every game was Devil Daggers, I probably would not play video games. Mm-hmm. You know? um, because I think that's that's something we all have in common is that I think we're more interested a lot of the time in uh, in narrative, you know, in the larger sense. Mm-hmm. The, kind of direct plot of a game the characters and and kind of how the how the way the game actually plays does and doesn't take advantage of or you know merge that into it um and uh yeah i mean that's definitely not something you get from this thing right uh but you know i I look at stuff too like doom and that's a game that story barely exists in it but Mm -hmm. in uh it functions, you know? I, I think there is a way to... I don't know, this is probably uninteresting because I'm just thinking aloud about shooter design. <laughs> that is literally what this podcast is. <laughs> that's, that's true. This is the thinking aloud about shooter design podcast. Um, but yeah, no, I I would not want to play lots of games like this, mm-hmm. but I, I... The way I try to think about games a lot of the time is what is it what is it trying to be? You know, mm-hmm. what yeah. what is it as it exists? And uh, does it do what I think it's trying to do? And I think Devil Daggers absolutely does. I think it's a very good game. You can very much imagine yourself standing at an arcade cabinet in, like, your your mall's arcade back in 1997, dropping quarters into this over and over again. Yeah, and then it would be... Wouldn't it be, like, the rip-off arcade machine? Because they'd be like, I only played for six seconds. Right. Yeah. And it cost me twenty five cents. Yeah. Exactly. Shit. Yeah. Uh, 
it's the same thing but, as there aren't enough collectibles in my game right. now. It's not worth $60. Right, exactly. Um, one thing I find interesting and is probably contributing to some of my dislike of this game, it kind of goes against the grain of shooter design. Uh, games in general, but shooters especially, are very much about empowerment fantasies. Yeah. In this game, because it's unwinnable, there's no win state, and because it's disgustingly difficult, um, it's basically just you getting your ass handed to you over and over again. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, see, so a lot of people do. A lot of people enjoy, you know, rising to that challenge and trying to beat the game, not in the conventional sense, but like, aha, I'm going to outsmart you. See, but I would say even with that as well, and this, you know, again, is kind of retreading some of the same area, is that I, you know, even without that urge to become more skilled at this game and to feel like I'm getting the better of it somehow by, by mastering it, to whatever degree you can, I I just like this as almost you know uh, an art piece, you know, <laughs> like a piece of installation art or something of just here's this thing that is kind of upsetting to look at and listen to, mm-hmm. and it's just gonna kind of like kick you in the teeth over and over again, and the best you can hope for is to somehow make it through this onslaught for you know eight minutes or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even without the the motivation of of trying to become better at it, it's it's just you know it's kind of a statement. It's like uh, going to a haunted house. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's you know it's not going to be pleasant. Yeah, but you do it, and <laughs> you know, it's yeah. You go into these spaces not to not to feel great. You go into them to kind of uh, get your ass handed to you, mm-hmm. and maybe you know that's that's a broader thing too of of what people want out of a game I I think most of the time we've come to expect especially with with a lot of big budget games that you know it's it's kind of uh, giving you a back rub and telling you you're a big boy for the entire game Um, I I think that more than anything is what has changed between when this game or when the games that this game was based off were made and when this game was made yeah yeah and I, th- I think there's, you know, I'll never 100% condemn the idea of player empowerment or whatever, because I think you can use that in really interesting ways. But mm-hmm. I, I like things like this. I like things that dispower, disempower the, the player. That, uh, I don't know, you, you come to this thing, it doesn't come to you. And uh, I don't know, man. It's like hell. This game is yeah, like hell. It is. <laughs> You are a bad person. You've been playing too many. Too much Mass Effect Andromeda. You've been playing Andromeda and Battlefield Hardline and Ghost Recon Wildlands, and now this game is going to punish you (laughs) by by putting you in a terrible situation that will make you feel very bad. Go sit in timeout and play Devil Daggers, and don't come out (laughs) until you survive for 50 seconds. That's right. That that's a good utility for this game. If I had kids, I'd say, "Listen, Bazelbub, you've been a terrible boy, and you have to go and sit in the corner and play Devil Daggers for 15 minutes straight." And that's I think that. now I'm gonna have kids specifically so I can implement that as a punishment. Yeah, there it's we gonna go. be the longest con ever. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know. Is there? Is there much else to say about this? I feel like 
feel like we're missing something, but I also don't. You know, I, I mean, there are, there are a lot of individual pieces of this game, and then there's also you can look at the game holistically, um, or, or both. Yeah, and, and I think it's it's interesting that this game. There's a lot to appreciate about it, and I think it's valuable to to show that you know that you bounce off it and can still sort of appreciate what it's doing and I appreciate what it's doing and I love it even though neither of us are world star devil daggers players yet yet <laughs> I got my I got my monster sponsorship in the works that's uh, you're going to see me at Evo next year Gonna be literally the only person in the Devil Daggers booth that I made myself out of my comforter and um, some of those glow in the dark stars that you stick on your ceiling. Well, that's maybe that's a, a question to answer very quickly. Is Devil Daggers a viable esport, Patrick? Um, <laughs> our business think, analyst, like, Patrick. Like I know that you're being facetious a little bit, but like you can also that is a legitimate question because it also brings attention to, you know, what sorts of things do we consider interesting competition to watch? Um, because in reality, you could turn anything into an eSport. You could turn Mario into an eSport, you know, who can get to the end of level whatever fastest, right? Yeah. Um, and then there's obviously the more classic stuff like fighting games or MOBAs, which are directly competitive in, like, a football kind of way. Um... Honestly, and this isn't me just expressing my opinions about this game, I don't know that this game is the kind of thing that lends itself to, like, spectator competition. Hmm. E Although I would argue that a high-level Devil Daggers run is interesting to watch just as a performative thing in and of itself. Yeah, I looked up... Uh, at some point, I think probably when I, you know, when I first played this game, uh, I guess last year, which is scary, it's been that long already, uh, and like looked up on YouTube just to see what does it look like to see someone playing this who, you know, a run for them can be five or ten minutes or whatever. Right. And uh, I, I don't know. It's, it is something to look at, you know, it's something to look at in the same way that it reminds me of, again, you know, uh, people who were really good at Quake and would mm -hmm. just play like Quake One Deathmatch, and it was just this ins like bizarre mastery of moving that mouse around and you know stuff like that, and, and just seeing how quickly they tear around these environments and you know. I mean, even just watching someone who's really good at like tennis or really good at you know golf, something that on the surface, you know, looks fairly mundane, but to actually watch someone who's really good at it do it, you know that you are watching someone who has achieved a high level of mastery do something, which is, at least for me, I always find interesting. Um, yeah, do you think that's something that people are super into with esports, though, or do they want, like, the drama of competition? I think that's that's obviously much more desirable, especially from a marketing standpoint, because they, you know you can play off of things like rivalries and yeah, and you have what have you, and... yeah. Um, but I I do like the idea of not even necessarily competitions. We'll call them exhibitions, where you just watch people who are really good at whatever be really good at whatever, 
Yeah. And this, yeah, this definitely does have that same, you know, it's never been something I've been drawn to in games a lot. Again, with, with this game, I think it's it's the aesthetic that, that makes me more interested than I would otherwise be. Um, but yeah, that's uh, probably too much to say about kind of a joke topic. I don't know. I, I Again, I think like it was facetious, but I think there's a lot to unpack there as well. It can be both. There is. I mean, yeah. You're not really into eSports stuff, are you? Not really. Me, um, me neither. I've tried watching some stuff because... Yeah, it's it's like what I was just saying. You know, seeing people do things at an expert level is inherently kind of interesting, but mm-hmm. I need... I need something more. Mainly my thing with a lot of esports is it's just hard to follow what's going on. Yeah, and they have their own lingo built up over time. It's the same as, you know, real sports do. Mm-hmm. Real sports. Come at me, gamers. Oh, shit. <laughs> I said real sports. Um, but yeah, the lingo and the, you know, knowing sort of the backstory mm-hmm. of, of who these players are, mm-hmm. uh, similar to real athletes. and Yeah. It's something I, I see the appeal of, but it just, it's not, um, doesn't grip me for whatever reason. Uh, so. Get good, noob. There it is. <laughs> there, there's the reason. <laughs> I, should tell, I should tell my partner to say that to me when I'm like, I don't want to watch baseball with you. She should just say, get good. Get good, you fucking scrub. I think that's, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna call her on the her phone number that I absolutely have. Yeah. Um, and just be like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to scam Reed. Next time you want to watch the J- Jays? J- Jays fan? Uh, what, what do you think, Patrick? I don't know. I don't like to assume. Toronto is a multinational city. Toronto is a multinational city? Yeah, in that it encompasses people from all over the world. Oh, okay. No, I get what you mean. The yeah. Jays are the only Canadian baseball team, though. So if you want to cheer for your own country in Fair Canada, enough. you can Fair only enough. cheer for the Toronto Blue Jays. So yeah, the next the next time she wants to watch the Jays, I'll just say, you know, tell Reed, hey, get good, and then like pour Mountain Dew over top of you and kick you in the balls, and then laugh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's definitely the kind of environment I I. Mm-hmm long for in my home i thought so <laughs> yeah bringing the games to you 100 percent um yeah so i don't know we'll wrap up this mm-hmm. this bizarre episode it's also bizarre just it being just the two of us mm-hmm. well it's a bizarre game um it's everything's strange for a lot of reasons it's a bizarre game so I, I think it's only fitting that the episode is a little strange as well yeah it's just you and i in the dark Spewing. Actually, actually, I'm in the dark. <laughs> spewing skulls at each other. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, I, I think this game also, too, if you you are not a fan of it, what would you say is something that you think would maybe be almost like a complimentary kind of game that you do like, that you would recommend? Um, this game reminds me a lot of twin-stick shooters like Geometry Wars, um, to a yeah. slightly lesser extent like Assault Android Cactus. Um, to the point that I wonder if, like, it wouldn't if I wouldn't appreciate it more as a top-down twin-stick shooter. Granted, the um, decision to make it first-person was obviously very deliberate, and they were trying to make a very specific kind of game. And that kind of game wasn't necessarily, quote unquote, a game to please Patrick for whatever reason. Uh, I guess they didn't get my letters, but yeah. Um, 
it's it's basically just like if if a twin stick shooter like smoked weed once and then started hanging out with like all the Slayer fans at high school <laughs> with all the witches and warlocks. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah. though, um, this game does a lot very well. It's a it's a great study in using visuals to convey information. It's a great study in like design efficiency. Um, I just personally can't get past the some of the aesthetic choices and the fact that it's seemingly needlessly difficult. Yeah. Do you regret that I that I put this upon you? This burden. No, no I, I almost never regret playing a game unless it's Battlefield Hardline. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, I, I I would say though too that if you uh, if you uh, are curious about this thing, it's like five bucks or something too, isn't yep. it? Yep. Five dollars on Steam. It's not a, not a big uh, risk if you're curious about it, and I, I think it is really unique. Um, you know, for me, I would say I, I think that's really that's really on. You know, you hit the nail on the head with saying that this is a lot like a first-person version of like a twin-stick shooter. Um, but I would say if you if you like the atmosphere of this game, you want something kind of complimentary, you can look up that game Fishbones too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just I think you just play that in your browser and if I'm remembering right because obviously searching just fish bones isn't going to help you out too much um, I'll try to find it for the show notes but uh, the the I in fish is a 1 I'm pretty sure and I think the O in bones is a (laughs) 0 excellent if that helps you at all so you should look that up and I also think this game reminds me a lot of that game uh Naissance. It's like Renaissance without the RE. Um, it's okay. a game by Lamas 5. Have you heard of that one? I have not. It's it's really something. It's uh, entirely black and white, and you're sort of exploring this strange, it's kind of brutalist-looking, uh, shadowy place uh, from a first-person perspective. And it has, to me, some of the same kind of evokes the same kind of feelings of you know helplessness and and just that you're in a terrible situation and it's very nightmarish um that game is is also worth checking out and it has a fantastic soundtrack too um so yeah those are mine and then Excellent. i guess if you wanted to merge patrick and i you could just play og 1993 doom yeah which you should be doing anyway to be perfectly honest you should you should. Let's just do another episode on Doom. Doom. Well, one. we're going to be doing Doom three sooner rather than later, I think. Yeah, so. we we don't have to do Doom two, do we? Nah, know, we actually. don't have to. That's fine. That's fine. It's, it's got a good shotgun. There. <laughs> that's it has, yeah, and that's our episode on Doom two. Basically, that's, it has a real good shotgun. There's the yeah. This actually this is Devil Daggers, uh, and then slash Doom two. All I'll say about Doom two, fantastic shotgun. Nothing mm-hmm. else. Nope. Uh, yeah, so I guess that's uh, that's going to do it. Excellent, excellent. That's going to wrap it up. Patrick, mm-hmm. where can people find you? Well, if they really want to, they could find me on the uh, the internet at twitter.com at HanFreakingSolo. Oh, that's good. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, you can find me on the internet at Reed McCarter. That's where I post the things I've written and the games I've talked about. Um, and Speaking also, of talking about games, Reed. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
Um, do you know of any sites I could go to if I wanted to read in-depth month-long coverage on shooter games? Uh, oh my god. Why hasn't someone made that yet? I don't know. It seems like an untapped market. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah, I always like, I try to um, insinuate this in the show notes, but if you'd like a, a sort of a more focused version of, <laughs> of what we do here, uh, we have Bullet Points Monthly, which uh, is our site where each month we pick one game, singular, mm-hmm. and we, uh, once a week, post an article about it, an in-depth article. Uh, so last month we did Near Automata, uh, which was a pretty neat game. And we had Julie Muncie and Zach Budgore on that guesting. Um, and then this month we're doing Prey, the the new Prey, not the one from 2000, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so we're doing that, and uh, and we'll have the first one of those is up now. By the time you hear this, the second one will be days away. Mark it on your calendar. And then the other thing about bullet points is that we uh, have a new member as well. That's uh, true. Jess Joho of formerly of Killscreen, now of Motherboard and Glixel and most importantly of Bullet Points Monthly. <laughs> most importantly, she was our first uh, guest contributor on Bullet Points Monthly, and she's been on the show twice before. Uh, and so she'll be on future podcasts, and she'll be writing and editing at the site, which is very exciting for all of us, mm-hmm. I think. Um, the catch, of course, is that you have to pay us money for us to be able to keep doing this or retweet our stuff. Uh, we have a Patreon, which is just patreon.com slash bullet points, uh, which I, I don't know. I don't want to be too too dramatic, but yeah, we, we just won't be able to keep doing this if, uh, if we can't get some support because it takes time. Uh, and most of us are freelancers and our time... Uh, usually goes into making money. So if you like what we're doing, please uh, kick us some money if you can. And if you if you can't uh, contribute money, then it helps an enormous amount to retweet our articles and to uh, let us know how you think we're doing and to especially retweet the Patreon page. Right, Patrick? Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Why don't you ever do it then? Retweet the Patreon page? Yeah, you never do it. Here's I do all the time. No. You DM me and say, I'm not going to fucking feature this filth. You weren't supposed to tell them that, Reed. <laughs> Thanks yeah. a lot. That's That's uh, been an ongoing issue. Is Good thing I'm now the president of Bullet Points. <laughs> that's right. Now that you've taken the, the crown that I don't know who was wearing it before, we'll say it was, we'll say it was Ed. Yeah, it's British. probably Ed. They're yeah. way into the monarchy over there. <laughs> um, not, not like you, good... Republican Americans. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's it. I, I'm not a good host. Yeah, back, think, back path host. We've uh, wrapped it up pretty nicely. Um, so if you are interested in what we've said here, um, we'll have the episode up with some show notes that you can read as you listen to this. Find the game on Steam for five whole dollars. Um, other than that, uh, this has been the most recent episode of bullet points and we look forward to you listening to us talk next time oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. on oh. that on that bombshell ah there it is on that bombshell this we'll has been bullet points <laughs>